First Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one. I'll ask this question at the end of this message. First Timothy chapter uh, uh, six. First Timothy chapter six, verse fifteen and sixteen says this. The latter part says, "He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords." Aren't you glad he's the King of kings? See what's so awesome about Jesus's kingdom? It's not a kingdom of servants, a kingdom of slaves. It's a kingdom of kings. You'll never find it on the face of the planet because it doesn't exist. It only exists with him. But when he comes and sets up that kingdom physically, it's already spiritually operating. But when he sets that thing up physically, everyone that's serving him will be royalty and kings themselves. Can I get an amen? So he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So I'm talking to royalty tonight. I'm talking to great people. I'm talking to people who have great purpose, passion. I'm talking to people that are not on the bottom, but they're on the top. They're not beneath, they're above. Amen. Now, you may not feel that way, but just go ahead and get there in Christ because you're in Christ. He goes on and says, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be what? Honor. Be what? Honor. honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Now, we took time last week to deal with honoring God. Uh, we talked about how the Bible is very clear that we should honor him, and we saw the simple definition of honor. If you look it up basically in a dictionary, it would mean something so valuable that it is held as precious, prized, cherished, treasured, value, or very dear. And you know, you get around somebody that has something that they don't want to let go of. It's because they're honoring that. They value it. They cherish it. But when you actually take this Greek word, when we get over into Hebrews chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, because again, does God deserve to be honored? When we get into the latter part of verse 3, it says, um, the builder of the house has more honor than the house, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. So again, you know, we're seeing here that God should have uh, the exceeding honor above everyone, because he's the creator of heaven and earth, right? And so this Greek word literally means this. It means a value. It means money paid. Say money paid. It means valuables. It means esteemed, okay? It means the dignity itself. If you take this, it comes from another Greek word, which means this. It means to pay a price. Amen. And we're going to get it here in a minute. And I wanted you to keep this thought process because you'll see that it's inseparable. So uh, the Greek-English uh, lexicon says that um, this word honor in this passage of Scripture means the worth or merit of some object, event, or state. It also means honor as an element in the assignment or status to a person. So we typically, when we esteem someone, are in essence offering respect is basically out of honor. We're saying it's honor. It's on, we're honoring them, you know. We're holding them at a high esteem is typically, you know. Uh, if someone, say the president comes in, right, people would stand. When he does the State of the Union, what do they do? They stand. Why? Because there's honor for the position. We would call that a place of honor. You know, if uh, in a funeral, when the the one that uh, has lost the loved one comes in. People stand. That's honor. In a marriage, when the bride comes in, what happens? They stand. That's considered honor. I know when I was in Bible school, uh, when uh, um, Kenneth uh, E. Hagen came in to teach class, the whole um, school would stand up and honor him for the years that he has uh, paid the price to give the word of God that he did. And so we honored him. And if you honor something, you can get it in return. We're going to see that tonight. But we know that God himself um, is the one that deserves all the honor. And he deserves this honor because the reality is he demonstrated his honor by paying for you. 
I said, by paying for you. We saw that you were bought with a price. You're not your own, right? We saw that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and that you are to therefore glorify God in your body. We saw uh, last week that we were redeemed not with perishable things, but with the blood of Jesus. So if anybody ought to be honoring God, it's us. If anyone ought to hold him to great value, it should be us because we knew where we were going and where we were destined prior to this relationship. If anyone ought to honor him, it should be us because he died for us and we accepted that payment. Okay? And so we should honor him in all things that we do. All right? So uh, with that being said... um, We need to understand if we honor, then we'll be honored. So let's look at a couple passages. We're going to go over to Proverbs 22, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, Proverbs 22, verse 4, okay? Uh, This passage of Scripture says this, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So there's a reward for humility. Now, what is humility? I'm so sorry. I'm no good. I'm just a sorry sinner saved by grace. Oh, you know, I don't deserve any credit. No, don't look at me. That's not humility. Now, that's religion's definition of humility, but that's not humility. Humility is, Father, whatever you say, I humble myself to do your will and not my will. That's true biblical humility. So... We're going to do a couple of prayers, and you tell me which one is the humble prayer. Lord, I'm no good. I'm so sorry. I'm just a sorry thing, man. And I, man, I'm just throwing myself at you. Whatever you want to do, you do, because you're great. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. You're so worthy. And, you know, I, I, I ask that you would get in this situation for me, but, I, man, you know, I don't deserve nothing. I, I mean, just the fact that I can even talk to you is just good enough. Lord, I, I love you and honor you. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me and that you gave me life and life more abundantly and now he lives in me and now I am a child of God seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, Father, this situation that I'm in, your word declares that I am the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And so, Father, with confidence, I boldly come before the throne of grace and I say, you're going to work this thing out to my favor because I'm a child of God and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, which is a humble prayer? But when people who have a religious definition of humility, they'll call the second prayer arrogant. I've been in multiple meetings where I'll pray a prayer like that, and somebody that don't understand it will come back and and begin to pray again prayer meetings, you understand, and pray, Lord, humble these people. (laughs) Seriously. You know, you just won't throw your hands up, right? But again, you know, people, people believe based upon what they know, period, based upon what they know. And if people don't want to grow, then people don't grow. If people want a tradition about God, they want a tradition. Here's what we know that is absolute truth. Everyone on the planet has an idea about God. Everyone. Everyone. Lost people. Even atheists. There is no God. That's their idea. So that's how they look at him. That's their idea of him. And that's how they're going to operate because that's how they say God is. Everybody has this. But in the church, people have ideas of God. Saul of Tarsus had an idea of God. And the idea he had of God was words that were given by the Father. He was trying to live those exact words, but he didn't have revelation of Jesus. He didn't have revelation of the love of God. He didn't have that. But on the road to Damascus, he didn't change God. His revelation of his God changed. And all of a sudden, he switched some things. 
because he didn't go, oh, Jesus, so I can just not be concerned about any parts of the law. I can do whatever I want to. You know, I can kill, I can steal, I can murder, and your grace is going to cover me. He didn't change that. No, he continued to honor God at his word. He just realized, I can't do it myself. I needed Christ. I, I laid down my life, and now everything I do, I do by faith. I wasn't doing it on my own and merit. In essence, Saul of Tarsus says, I, I, this is my image of God. I've got writings of God, and this is how I'll serve him. It's on my terms. And he's got to honor that. But Paul the Apostle says, there's nothing I could have done to make God recognize me, so I fell down on his mercy seat except the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, everything I do it, I do it on his terms. Whatever he says, I say yes. That's two different living. That means you cannot kill someone on your terms and then not kill someone on the terms of God. Because the one who doesn't kill somebody on their terms will still hate somebody, and God says you already killed them. But the one who'll do it on God's terms won't kill them either and also will love them. Hallelujah. So they have their heart right. So we see then that uh, the reward of humility, which is following God's word and the fear of the Lord, meaning I don't want to disappoint you. This doesn't mean, oh, is he going to strike me dead? Oh, what's that? Oh, is the Lord coming? Oh, I'm sorry. No, we're not like Adam running around behind a tree going, oh, Lord, God's here. Now, if you're doing that, that's because you're in sin. <laughs> and even in the new covenant, people getting sinned want to run from God. They want to start covering up. Now, the covering up today, unlike Adam, who actually, you know, got some leaves and covered up, people cover up with their words. Well, I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. That's what I want to do. Don't judge me. There's a big cover up right there. Instead of saying, I've blown, whatever, Lord. Whatever, Lord. Right? So, that's the fear of the Lord is I don't want to dishonor you. I don't want to do anything that would bring shame or reproach to the family name. That's what I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. That's the fear of the Lord. And if you'll do that, guess what comes? Riches. Riches come with that. Honor and life. Hallelujah. Notice it didn't say life. Honor and riches said riches, honor, and life. Because if you'll do something down here, it'll manifest physically. And ultimately, if you stay to it, then life will manifest. Okay? Another scripture we can see, John chapter 12, verse 26, it says it this way. It says, if anyone serves me, this is Jesus speaking, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. He what? This is not an option. Okay? So, Pastor Earl can't preach to you options. Well, if you feel like it today, come to church. It's really up to you. I mean, it is up to you. But if you're actually doing the word, you'd be like, honey, it's Sunday. There's not an option for us. We go serve the Lord. <laughs> We're here. We do it. There's an internal serving of God in his local body church, and there's an external serving of God as well. You can't neglect neither one of them. All right, let's put that back up. Ready? It says this. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I just want you to know. I minister under unction of the Holy Ghost. Because if you notice, the topic of our sermon tonight is honor. Anytime I deal with something else in Scripture, it's because God's wanting to say something to somebody else. 
It's not in my notes. It's not my subject matter. It's not what I studied out. It's not what I'm looking to convey as a truth. It's because God's wanting to say something to someone that's embedded within that scripture as well. So, again, I'm not stopping at certain places just because there's something on the inside that tugs on me and says, say this. Because if you look at my message, there's no lines down here. There's not a whole bunch of points of what to say within this scripture. In fact, there's nothing under in this scripture. I just happen to know that has the word honor in it. And it's my second scripture to prove that if you'll honor, you will be honored. So my point is, is that anytime we deal with something else, be eager to hu- and hungry to receive, receive that word, receive whatever it is, whether it's instruction, whether it's correction, because God just wants you to, to move in such a way that it's honorable and you can walk in riches, honor, and life. Because God wants to honor you. You see, if you serve me, you must follow me. Where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will serve him. How do I know he's at the church? Because he's the head of the church. So how in the world can you not come to church and say you're following God? Okay. So that kind of settles that. Well, I have to come to church. Yes, you do. He's the head of the church. So if you're following him, you're here. I said you're here. And it becomes a passion. And he says you must follow him. Like, listen, just get my payment. I'll figure it out. I mean, I'll just talk to you when you get here. That's not the religion we preach. We preach the kingdom, and Jesus Christ crucified. He died on the cross, rose from the grave. He's the king of glory. He's the one we are to serve in supreme authority. And whatever you say, Dad, I'm there. I'm in it. And that's honoring him. To do it your way is not honoring God. I said it's not honoring God. And I'm telling you, the reason why, and and again, guys, I get it. People, especially when they first get born again, they genuinely love God in their heart. But their mind's not renewed to the ways of God. So a lot of times we pick up just ideas of how we think we should honor God, but God actually has in his word how to do it. Because he said to the disciples, go make disciples. Now when they get born again, you're going to have to help them. Because they're a bunch of baby sheep and you got to tend, you got to care for them, you got to grow them up. And I'm going to show you very clear in Scripture concerning the life of honor because a lot of times people only want to honor God. But the Bible's full that if you want to honor him, you'll actually honor other people. And we're going to go through a list of them. Because a lot of people, I honor God, but you hate people. You hate offices. You hate all kinds of stuff. You don't honor anything. But I honor God. No, then you're not because you're not following all the way through of what God, whom God says to honor besides himself. Amen? We'll lower the boom later and we'll see if I'm sweet. All right. So honoring others is honoring the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's kind of like at reverse psychology. I'm trying to get you to say, I'll do it. I'll do it. Lower the boom. I'll do it because when it comes, I want you to do that. All right. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says this, honor all people. Well, who's that? That's all people. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all people. Well, who's all people? Well, it's not just believers. Why? Because the very next statement, love the brotherhood. All right now. So we honor all people, 
But when it comes to those who are in Christ, who's in the family, we walk in love with one another. Now, I don't have time to preach on the, the love walk because, again, most people don't love. Let me just say it this way. The definition of the God kind of love is not acceptance. So, you are not to accept everything that goes on, and that means you're loving. Well, I'm just going to walk in love. Don't you accept unrighteousness. That love doesn't do that. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Well, I'm just loving them. No, you're not. You're coddling them. You're hurting them. You're quibbling them. You're, you're putting them in a position to where they're never going to repent because you're allowing them to stay in their unrighteousness and accept it. That's not love. We are to honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear the Lord. Here it is. Ready? Honor the king. Honor the king. Now, this king is a lowercase king, which is intentional because this is not King Jesus. This is government. I said, this is government. This is rulers. These are those who've been placed in authority over you. And we are to honor them. So whether you elect a president or not is irrelevant. You honor the position. Whether you elect the governor or not, it's irrelevant. You honor the position. Amen. Whether a per human being was in a government office and did not stay in the office honorable, you still honor the, the, the position even though the individual may not be actually honorable. And they then still fall in honor all people. Hallelujah. Okay. So there's this area out here that we are to demonstrate honor, and it's not exclusive just to the born-again believers. There are going to be individuals. Now, again, I'm going to define honor here in a minute because, again, that doesn't mean you go around to someone who is a convicted, you know, rapist and all kinds, and they have no remorse, and they're like, if I get out here, I do it again. You don't go, I, want, I honor you. I just want to honor you. No, you don't do that. Again, we don't rejoice in unrighteousness. What we're talking about honors is someone that may be outside the kingdom of God and you begin to show honor to them by serving them and doing things because you're trying to get the love of God to draw them to repentance. It's different. Okay? Again, a president, a governor, a, a congressman, a senator, they can end up doing all kinds of stuff wrong and the law should deal with them and we may not honor the individual and hold them accountable for wrong actions, but the position itself we are to keep in honor. Hallelujah. Because again, the Lord says, if you follow me and serve me, then the Father will honor you. And the scripture, which is inspired by the word, by the Holy Ghost, it's not any man penned of his own interpretation. So if the Holy Ghost moved on Peter to tell the church to honor this way, then you are following Christ because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh, verse 14. So are you following Jesus by honoring his word? Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Romans 12, 10. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in, in honor. Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. This love deal is a big deal, okay? 
um, give preference to one another in honor. Okay? Now, we all know this one, so let's jump over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Uh, and all my parents are going to go, amen. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then look what it says. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. All right. So at this point, I think I probably need to go ahead and ease us in to honor. Can I ease us into it? Okay. Um, children should honor their parents. And usually all we think of when we hear the word honor is that our children should really respect us. Because again, if you're from the South, they're typically, uh, people are raised, at least I was, you said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Okay. If there was that kind of term. Now that's not biblical. So if a child goes, yes, that doesn't mean they're being disrespectful. They're answering the question. Culturally, it becomes yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, all right? Because it, it was demonstrating a, a, a term of endearment or respect for someone older. Back in the day, we used to call them people by their last name, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. Today, we don't do that. Now, it's Mr. So-and-so. And in most places, they just have them call them by the first name. You go to class, you know, hey, Bill, what's up? That's their teacher instead of Mr. So-and-so. I mean, this type of stuff happens all the time. About the only place that you're going to find uh, a difference is in the military because at that point, you're going to call them by the rank and you're going to call them by their last name and that's where we're at because that's going to stay, okay? Um, so Paul says this. This is a little, little teaser. Ready? Paul says this in Acts chapter 28, verse 10. I'm going to give them a little time to pull this up. Acts chapter 10, or excuse me, Acts chapter 28, verse 10. Acts chapter 28, verse 10. Acts chapter 28, verse 10. You got your Bibles? You got your electronic devices? You should be taking notes. This is really good stuff here. All right? Acts chapter 28, verse 10. I mean, we, only, we have the slowest computer in the, in the, in the northeast Florida right now. Um, <laughs> apparently, we're going to put in a purchase order to get a real fast one here pretty soon. Um, but not until we get usher shirts. Those come first. They're priority. All right. Uh, there we go. Acts chapter 28, verse 10. Now look at this. Paul says, they also honored us with many marks of respect. Right? Now, that's typically where we stop at honor. Is it's, a, it's marks of respect. In essence, man, thank you so much, Paul, for what you've done. Thank you for helping us with the ministry. Thank you. You've changed my life. God used you to change my life. All these accolades, these marks of respect are taking place. And when we hear that, we say, we're going to honor them. Let's honor them. In fact, I had someone approach me today when I came in and they said, you know, Pastor Earl, I, I said, you know, hello, brother, to you this morning. And I just want you to know that I, I apologize for that. You know, you're my pastor. And I'm like, but we're still family and I am technically your brother in Christ. I know that, but I don't ever want to be in a place where I don't honor you. And I say, I thank you for being my pastor, right? Okay, so those were marks of respect. But it goes on. They honored us with many marks of respect, semicolon. And when we were setting sail, here it is, they supplied us with all we needed. Remember, when you break down the word honor, in the original Greek, 
It's price paid. So, in essence, if you truly honoring someone, not only should you give marks of respect, but you should be giving them something. Okay. That's great. Yeah, I thought it hit just about like that. That's great. That's great. This is awesome, right? Because I'm dealing with the God of mammon. I understand this. I understand. Great. Yeah, no problem. But if you want honor, because our daddy's a giver. I said, our daddy's a giver. When the wise men came to the king, they didn't come and say, oh, great king, we bow down and worship you, oh, great king, and then left. No, when they came to the king, they said, we're going to honor the king. How are we going to honor the king? We're going to come and give marks of respect, and we leave in treasure. And you want to know why we can't get a move of God? Oh, man. People are like, oh, Lord, move. The Lord's like, well, will you honor me? You said, does the Lord want us to supply him? With things, turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 9. This kid, let it just blow your mind. Let it just go ahead and get you. Because you come up here and you worship God with your hands and you sing song, we're honoring him. But look what it says. Honor the Lord from your lips in your worship. Honor the Lord from you attending church and serving somewhere. Honor, is that what it says? Oh. It says, honor the Lord from your Man, come on, guys. I mean, Miss Trenisha just pumped you up, gave a great infomercial that we need to obey the word, and we shouldn't allow go owe me because it's affecting our pocket. We should be going, yeah, that's so that's what to get me over into the next thing. That's what to put me into the next place where I get that promotion, where I get that next contract, where I get into that next thing with my, my parents, where I get into that next thing uh, in what God's called me to do. Because I'm not just honoring with my words, I've come to bring a gift to the king. I come to bring a gift to those that I honor. So when we're honoring, we got to do honors, not just words or marks of respect. They actually bring gifts. Honor the Lord from your wealth from, and, and not just from your wealth, but and from the first of all your produce. Now we're talking first fruits. You ain't, you, this hadn't even come to your household, but all of a sudden, again, what's the first fruit? You're making $10 an hour. They give you a raise. You're making 12. Now that next check with that $12 an hour raise means you got $2 more per hour than you had the previous week. And you've never lived on it before. You never used it before. But you did take that $2 extra times 40, which is 80 bucks, and instead of you taking it and only tithing off of your, you know, $12 times 40 and giving the tithe, you give the first fruit of that thing to make it, and your tithe. So I'm tithing as if I made $10 an hour, and then I'm giving my first fruit of this $2 that I've never had before all to God, then the next time comes around, it's just tithe. You, yeah, it works. You, you get a, um, yeah, it works. You get a uh, contract. You've never had that contract, but now it's a monthly deal. You didn't operate with that monthly uh, thing last month. You didn't do anything with that thing last month. And if you want to all of a sudden see massive increase happen in your life, well, we're read verse 10. 
Why do we do this? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Woo, glory. And what's the new wine of the, of the new covenant? Do you want to overflow of the Holy Ghost giving you creative ideas on how to get to the next thing? Wow. God does not like a stingy heart, but a cheerful giver. And it honors. So we honor all people. This is why there are specific individuals that are outside the kingdom of God that God has me spending time with, meaning specifically restaurants, because they, I will request them to serve me as a waiter. Why? So I can honor them with a great tip. Man, you're awesome. You know what? I knew I could come in here today, and you'd be able to knock that out. I'm giving what? Marks of respect. I appreciate you. And then, bam. My wife and I went to this new restaurant that's down the street from us. You can pay with a card, but you have to do your uh, tip with a cash. Well, I don't really carry cash, right? Because anytime I do, Pastor Marcy takes it. And you'll see why in a minute. <laughs> it's okay. You'll be all right. Every wife is going to shout hallelujah here in a minute. Okay? Because every parent should be like, you should look at your kid and say, you're going to be paying me for some things. <laughs> really, your kids should be, uh, honor your mother and father. I mean, we got to raise our, I mean, I'm going to help my kids, but my kids should reciprocate the honor that I just wanted to get you this. I'm telling you, when I preach this, my wife said, what you doing for your mama? I said, we ain't doing enough right now because I just got some revelation. I'm fixing to up my game. Now, I've done stuff. I've paid bills for her. I've, I've, I've done a, I kept her phone thing for the longest time, and then, you know, she ended up going with another thing, so I didn't. You know, I do, but I'm thinking, I'm going to have to up the game. I'm going to up the game because I want to honor her. She's still in the earth today. I need to honor her, and I need to honor her. Now, typically, my mom, I don't want that. I'm like, now, anytime I'm around, I'm paying for everything, right? And she's like, Earl Wayne, I got it. Earl Wayne. I said, Mom, you have raised me. I'm not broke. You gave me the most valuable thing. His name's Jesus, and I got this. Only one time I let my mom give me some money. Because she went preaching to me. Yeah. She said, I'm trying to get seed in the ground. I'm thinking, you ain't hearing this preaching where you're going, but man, you must have been listening to me online. Uh, okay, mom. Okay. I receive your seed. All right, I did that. But I'm like, no. I always do the old, you know, you raised me, you made my teeth straight with braces, you da-da-da-da-da, you know, I get the whole laundry list, right? Because, you know, when we first started out, Marcy and I, I mean, that was a tough deal. I get it. But I'm just saying, if you get a heart that, that Father, I want to go beyond word marks of respect with my words, I want to actually honor biblically, I want to always have a price with my words. Are you with me? Hallelujah. People are like, hey, man, we want to move a God. Are you honoring him? Because, again, you want to come sing songs but won't tithe. I want to tip God. Is that honoring God? 
Okay, I'm just saying. Now, again, if you don't have revelation of tithe, you need to study it. Sometimes people say it's not in the New Testament. That is a lie. It is in the New Testament. But the New Testament doesn't make the command. It says you got to have the heart in it. Because even if I command you to do it and said I command you to tithe, then basically he's, you're, you're going to begrudgingly. And he says, I don't want it that way. I want you to want it. Now, here's the principles. Still need tithe. He told the Pharisees, he said, you tithe on the mint deal. You tithe all the way there twice in two gospels. You tithe. He used the word. You tithe on. He said, but what do you lack? The heart, mercy, righteousness, and some other word. Okay? He says, you should have done these things, meaning you should have had the mercy, the righteousness, the heart part, without neglecting the former. So when you tithe on your mint, you better have mercy and righteousness in the other part, whatever the other word was. Anybody know what that other word was real quick? Okay, great. We'll just look it up ourselves. That's your homework assignment. Just type tithe in on your study and see that it's actually in the New Testament. Yeah. And Jesus didn't say, don't tithe to me. I just want you to have mercy. It's not what he said. He didn't say it at all. Okay? But he does want your heart and your giving. Okay, man, this is great. You know, I've been preaching 15 years here. I've seen God bless. We've all seen God bless. You'd think we'd have at least, uh, you know, 30% of the people in here shout every time I say give because it's, it's been a part of your life. Amen. You know, this ain't the time for you who's prospering to go, well, everybody's quiet. I don't want to act like I've been. You need to say, you better get up and do this because I'm living this thing. Because as long as you stay quiet like everybody else, it'd be like, see, pastor just wants our money. I don't want your stuff. I want you to get the stuff you need to accomplish what God's called you to do. Paul was very clear. He said, I've received your gift, but it's not like I want the gift. He said, what I'm looking for, I'm so excited, is the reward that's to your account because you gave to me. Okay. Yeah, we're doing good now. All right, let's go on over into um, uh, um, uh, <laughs> First Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah. Justice, mercy, and what? Oh, faith. So you got to have faith with your tithe. You can give 10%, but not... And you're like, tithe ain't working. Are you in faith? Because nothing works without faith. And faith doesn't work without love. And the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on. It says, um, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And get all the wives shouting right now. It says, you husbands. Who's a husband in here? Yeah. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman. And show her, show her as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. So when your wife says, honey, I need this, you ain't getting my money. I love you. And you want to know why your prayer life stinks. You honor her? Oh, what are you, what are you wanting? Okay. Now, again, if you don't have it, I get it. So wives just ain't like, I'm getting what I want tonight. Pastor Earl said, my husband got to honor me, right? Because most husbands are like, I want my wife to respect me. Well, won't you show some honor? Now, wives should respect husbands, period. I get that. But it is amplified when the husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church. Ooh, and the love of God doesn't force nothing. It presents truth and says, I want you to make that choice. 
Ooh, that's good stuff. But then honors. Honey, what can we do? Now, my wife loves the fall, right? We were out. And you listen, man, I got it going on in my mind. I know what we got in the account. I know what I paid. You know, I'm like, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> right? I mean, I got it. I'm like, okay. And this fall coming. It's one of my, my wife's favorite seasons. She loves fall. Right? She loves fall. So she wants to decorate. That means the pumpkins are coming out. I'm dropping the pumpkin lattes, the pumpkin spice lattes, man. I'm, I'm cooking them up for, right? <laughs> are you with me? So we were in a particular store that I got this shirt because she's my, you know, designer. And, um, and, and you know, she was thinking to me, I, we got to get you some clothes because she said I look like a rogue. So um, she's helping me. So I'm thinking it's fall. She's looking, I'm thinking, hmm. So there's this pumpkin. It's not any pump. You don't get an orange pump because we're on the coast. We like beach-themed stuff. You understand? Everything's got to have a beach theme. So you got to have a beach pumpkin. And this is a beach pumpkin. Picked that thing up, looked at the bottom. I said, you want a pumpkin? Oh, yeah, I like it. You know, but she didn't think I was being serious. I said, I'm, I'm talking about getting this pumpkin for you. <laughs> pumpkin, I'm going to get you a pumpkin. I, I want to honor her. Now, I know where it's at. I know what we have. You know what? And this ain't going to break the bank. I'm not so tight. Why? Because how can I keep things around to honor my wife besides saying, I love you, I appreciate you, you're so awesome. Man, you, I love you so much. You're, you changed my life. You did so much for me. I mean, I'd be nowhere without you. Well, I mean, Jesus did. But you understand what I'm saying. But those words would be nothing if I didn't honor her with gifts, things, stuff, right? Lattes. I mean, I'm a... Tony, I might be able to come work as a barista, bro. I'm telling you, I'm throwing down at the house. It's like Crazyville. It's Crazyville. But I only drink it black. You know that. So, you know, I kind of feel dirty when I make this stuff for her. You know, it's like, it's almost like blasphemy, you know, all this foo stuff. But I love her. So that, <laughs> all right. First Timothy chapter five, first Timothy chapter five, verse three, it says, honor widows who are widows indeed. Now, who are widows indeed? Because there's some people that ain't widows. They just, they need to get married. <laughs> okay. Um, honor widows who are widows indeed. All right. Um, so what do we got so far? We know we are to honor God, but then the Lord says you need to honor all people, which means there's going to be some people outside the kingdom that you need to give marks of respect for, and you should gift them because it becomes a tool by which love draws them into the kingdom. You're not going to do it to everybody in the context that who's unrighteousness. You're not going to give marks of respect for somebody who's living for the devil and, you know, just whacked out. You don't do it. You don't even do that in the brotherhood. The brotherhood, it says, if somebody's a so-called brother but practices sins, he says, you remove them, you get rid of them. And we don't preach that enough, but that's okay. I'll say it because the Bible says it, all right? But we are to honor all people, but we see we are to honor those that are in government, and that's an authority. So, you know, we should honor our police. Now, again, positionally, plenty of people are blowing it in many titles because sin is in people's lives. And as a result of sin, they do things and they abuse their power. I get it. But that doesn't mean the office shouldn't be honored. This is why we feed the uh, police officers in our county and our city. This is why we fed, have fed our first responders. Why? Because they have authority and we want to honor them, not by just saying, man, we really appreciate you. We want to give them something. 
gift them something. This is why we see in our culture, first responders, you know, those guys uh, and ladies, they still get that sense. They can go into restaurants and people are buying and purchasing things. Same thing with the military. But like you do, a lot of times you'll see one and you'll pick up their ticket. What? That's really showing honor as well. Besides, thank you for serving our country. Correct? So we know then children should honor their parents. Right? So how are you going to get your children to do for you? You're going to have to do for your own parents. Got to see time and harvest, sowing and reaping. Right? I mean, the bottom line is I have to evaluate how much did I honor my mom? How much am I doing it now? Right? We're talking about Marcy's mom. We're talking about Marcy's dad because they're still alive. What can we do? How do we up this thing? Besides marks of respect. Add the other part of honor. But children are to do so, all right? And then we see husbands are to do this with their wives. Honor them. Honor them. Marks of respect. And then also gifts. Giving to them, all right? Then widows. We're to do widows as well, all right? Are you with me? Okay. Now the toughest one. It's the toughest one. This is this tough one. First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. We're gonna read scripture together and we'll wait till he gets up there. First Timothy chapter five, verse 17 and 18. I didn't say it. The Holy Ghost said it through the apostle Paul who wrote over half of the New Testament to a letter to Timothy. I didn't say it. The Holy Ghost said it through the Apostle Paul who wrote over half the New Testament in a letter to Timothy. He said, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox when he is threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages. I have had the distinct privilege of being um, in personal contact with some gentlemen who are multimillionaires through my life, okay? And there are some, not all, but there are some that the churches they attend You'd wonder whether they were tithing or not. They're known in the community to be this. But the size of the church is, you know, usually less than 200. Most likely less than 100. You walk in it, needs carpet, all kind of stuff. I, now, I'm not saying they don't invest. But I'm just thinking... So apparently it's not a personal wealth. It must just be a business wealth because if it's a personal wealth, then why does the church look like this? Because the tithe should be able to take care of that or at least be utilized for it. Because there's this thought process that if the pastor or the one who actually instructs you in words of righteousness if they get anything, they'll go corrupt. Everybody else can handle wealth but a preacher. 
I mean, you're saving me by keeping me in poverty. So I can preach this good and be anointed. Yet the scripture says, yet the scripture says, the elders, which is not just one person, this is the people that God has brought into the local body church to do the instruction, the teaching, the words of life that if you would apply would change your life, those words of life that Miss Trenisha heard and she went from a knowing a God that can and hopes and wants him to, to a God he will, his word says it, and I got a word to say about something contrary to God. And it says that they should be considered worthy of what? Double honor. Whoo! Now, you think, how, why would a preacher or a five-fold minister receive double honor when the, the Lord himself doesn't even ask for double honor? Listen, God owns everything anyway. It's kind of trivial when you give to him because it's his. You giving to him is just him understanding your heart is for him and that you haven't put your trust in something else. Because when it's all said and done, the minute you give to him, he's like, that was mine anyway. Because if you don't do right, I'll take it. Right? What's the parable of, uh, of the talents? Five, two, one. Here's your responsibility. Do it. Oh, one, you didn't do it? That's all right. I'll take it. And I'll give it to the one who had five that turned it into ten. I'll what? Take it. So it ain't like the Lord's like, I'm broke, guys. Can you please honor me with your stuff? I, need, I, I, I am the words of life. You should. He's, he owns everything. So that's it's trivial in that context. It's for you that you honor. Then he begins to give you opportunities to continue to demonstrate who he is in the earth by honoring those that are in government, are in authority, honoring those that are um, your parents, honoring uh, your wives, honoring widows, honoring right? One another, other people, honor the brethren, which means sometimes the Lord just say, you know what? You ought to, they've done a good job. You know, I've realized they've done a great job. So what do you do? You go tell them and then you can gift them. Hey, I just want to give you something because I honor you. Now you may not do it every time. He doesn't say every time you see somebody, you're like, man, I, I never have any money because I give it away. I honor people all the time. I mean, obviously that's not what he's saying, but he is saying that you ought to have a heart that when you want to do something for someone, giving should become a part of it. But then it says with the, the minister who obviously can never handle finances, that's why I have to stay broke. Now, I, I'm not broke just to let you know. I'm not broke because I'm a giver. I've given away two cars. All right, I've honored people. I've honored these positions. I honor ministers. Amen. I do not go see Pastor Daryl Huffman without a gift. I do not go see Pastor Hagen without a gift. And there are people who have helped me with these gifts. Why? Because I'm giving them honor. Not only did I tell them I appreciate you, you've done so much for the body of Christ, honor. I got someone in this church that honors me every time I walk in the door with a gift. Because again, gifts aren't always just money. But someone is so conscientious of me that every time I walk in here, they put something in my hand. They're meeting a need for me. Paul said they supplied all my needs. My needs are not just financial. 
Hallelujah. And I know because of that, that person's getting honor. Getting honor. They may think it's something simple, but it's not. It's because they're, they have marks of, of respect, but then in turn, they're always putting something in my hand because they assume I'm going to have this need. And they're correct. And they meet that need every service. Wow. So, might we need to reconsider when Pastor Mike, Pastor Marcus, Pastor Marcy, Pastor Angie, Pastor Brandon, Pastor April, and they're holding those positions for the purpose of teaching and instructing. And they work hard at it. It's hard to sometimes look at some of you in the face and say, but the word says. So I, I can't get caught up in the emotions that you're in right now. Because I realize what I'm fixing to say now may cause you to run out the door. But I work hard. Come on, keep that scripture up there. I work hard. I work hard at preaching and teaching. My preaching and teaching is not always in the platform. Sometimes it's one-on-one. -on -one. I had someone I went through a ministry training year, and there was no cost to it. Did a, you know, after they've graduated from KI, Kingdom Institute. I had an individual that went through that cycle, and that individual said, what you're given, there's no way I can't sow a seed. And on more than one occasion, gave something to me. That wasn't required. I have a staff member that periodically gives me cash because it says, I, I need to honor you. Wow. Now, I'm not asking you to give me anything. I'm just saying this is what Scripture says. Why don't you work on the rest of that list before you come to me? So understand my heart. Go ahead and take care of a widow first. Go find you a brother first. Go find somebody in authority first. Go get to your parents first. Go take care of your wife first. And then after you've done that consistently, if God ends up having a conversation with you about me, then you can come see me. RC pastor. In fact, go through my staff first. Do them first. Many of you think I need to get Pastor Earl. Give it to Pastor Mike instead. Just to let you know where I'm at. But the scripture says, that's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. First Timothy 6, 1, and, uh, 1 through 2, we're almost done. We only got about five more scriptures. First Timothy 6, 1 through 2, it says, All who are under the yoke of slavery as regard to their own masters are worthy of all honor so that the name of, the, of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have, uh, who have believers as their master must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved, teach and preach these principles. So in essence, how's that turned to today? You should honor your employer. And if your employer is not born again, you still honor them. But if they are born again, all the more. I said all the more. 
So don't talk bad about your company. Honor it. And every once in a while, give back to the one that's bringing a payroll to you. And I'm just saying, if you'll do these things, your barn will overflow with plenty and your vats will run with new wine. Now, if you don't want that, that's fine. God won't make that happen. He has no problem not giving you what his word says because he's not going to make it happen. But if you'll do what he says in the realm of honor, what would it look like if a whole congregation actually says, my gosh, man, who can I honor today? And then when you came in to honor God, you honored God with your wealth and from your first fruit. And then you extended that out as that increased anyway. What kind of move of God would happen then? Hallelujah. You know, if kingdom businesses, if businesses would actually start teaching these principles. I mean, if you just do God's plan, you, you, your business will go through the roof. Okay, so obviously we have to close on a little, you know, what happens if you don't. Right? Right. What happens if you don't? You know, because I can wait till next week, but I'm not. All right. I'll flip this back to happy, happy time. All right. But let's see what it ha- let's see what happens. Matthew chapter 15, verse 4 through 9. What happens? What are the effects of not honoring? Okay. Of not honoring. Listen, there are ways to be able to uh, get gifts to give. It is not always financial. It could just be a card. It could be, you know, something you did yourself. We have a neighbor. She is so sweet. She is so sweet. Jeez. Her and her husband, man, and um, they didn't have any kids. And so, you know, uh, a holiday comes around, and I get this little care package at my house. I'm like, what is this? I have, I don't know why this is, but my trash guy pulls my trash can up to my garage door. No one else he does. I don't understand why he's doing it. I'm assuming I'm reaping because the, fir- the previous owner, they used to go out and give them water bottles. They know the previous owner's not there, though I have done that on more than one occasion with them, right? But they will pull up my trash can and my little recycle bin, and everybody else is on the road, and mine's up there. It's like, why did you pull it up? Okay, anyway, back to what I was saying. She brings these little care packages. All these little gifts all the time. We're like, geez, man, we got to do something for this lady. She hand-painted a glass pitcher. It's actually pretty cool. We put it up in our little glass thing. Probably use it when y'all come over one day and we'll just pour up some water. What is she doing? Bringing gifts. Wow. Wow. I don't even know if she's born again, to be honest with you. But just wanted to honor people in the neighborhood. All right, so what's the effects of not honoring? For God said, honor your father and your mother. He who speaks evil of your father or your mother is to be put to death. So we could say at that point, you think, okay, wait a minute. Honoring is just talking because he said he who speaks evil. So again, honor is just saying words, right? That's all it really is. It's not this giving like pastor just said. Oh, let's read verse five. But whoever, but 
You say, whoever says to his father and mother, so he's talking to religious people, whatever you have, I would help, but has been given to God. In essence, I gave it to God and I didn't give, I'm not here to give anything to you, mom and dad. It says he is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. These people honor me with their what? Lips, but their heart is far from me. Well, how do you find someone's heart? Are they giving? Honor's not just a word, it's an action. And what's the action? I gave something. He said, but in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Well, we're going to be holy, you know, and I don't want that pastor to get too rich. I don't want him to have too many things. You know, he'll get prideful. He'll get, who says I'll get prideful? I know who I am. I walk with God. You ain't walking with God for me. You're not doing me a service. Amen. For, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, uh, 57, 58. And they took offense at him. But he said to them, a prophet's not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And they did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Now, that's just Jesus. Now, here's the thing. You stay with Anchor Faith Church a while, then it just, oh, that's just, that, that's, that's Pastor Earl. You forget all that you came out of, what you were trained, and all of a sudden you walk in prosperity. That's why Paul said, man, you, are, you kings, you guys are prospering doing this, but, you know, it's like, me, well, we're like the scum of the earth. I mean, uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, because Paul was like, I'm not there to get that, but the principles that I taught you, you're living that way, and I'm excited of that. Paul was encouraged to stay in the planet, not because people wrote him a letter in the Philippian, when he, was, when he penned the Philippian letter when he was in jail and says, we love you, Paul, can't wait for you to get out. No, what did he say? They want me out. Why? Because they just sent a gift. And there's enough here that when I get out, I can travel and get back to them. He said, I didn't seek the gift, but you honored me. Wow. And guess what? You're going to, something, something's added to your account now as a result of that. Last verse is this. You know, in this effect, and then I'll have to flip it. Romans 1, 21 and 22 to 23. He says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Now, Pastor Marcy and I are reading a book where Rick Renner breaks this scripture down. And this, even though they knew him, these are people who knew him. The, and you break that Greek word down, that does not mean these are people in the world and they didn't know him. And so this Romans 1 is lost people. No, these are people who knew God. But they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculation, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God with an image in the form of corruptible man, of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So the problem is, is that if we do not exhibit honor, our life would go into an absolute spiral. Absolute spiral. This is why I thank God for the military. It taught me some things. And it's kind of carried me through. This is why I thank God for my parents, because my parents actually raised me to have show some honor and respect. But they were 
only communicating that with marks of respect. The Lord taught me honor is beyond just words. It's giving. And when I learned that, we find ourselves looking to give. Because if we're going to honor, we're going to honor. I have some bad news in this sense. We had a couple here. Maybe you'll remember. They came to a church. Uh, to our church. I think it was a Wednesday night. Um, Karen and uh, Pastor Bill up in um, um, Tennessee. And um, um, Bill had never taken his wife on a honeymoon. They couldn't afford. 50 years later, on their 50th anniversary, they took their first honeymoon and came to St. Augustine. Because I had ministered at Ramah and it impacted him. He's older than I was. Older than I am. Okay? And him and his wife came. And when he told me that, Pastor Mike, bear witness. I went to Pastor Mike. I said, Pastor Mike, it's your 50-year anniversary. I said, go cut a check for $500 right now. We're going to honor them. So they enjoyed the service. We went outside. Oh, Pastor Earl, it was so great. It was so good to see you. You know, we're talking, we're talking. I said, here, I just want to give you something. They walked outside. They ran back in. Their eyes were big. Their mouth would drop. What? What is? And they were blown away. I said, listen, it's, it's just, it's an honor for me to be in the presence of somebody to be married for 50 years. It's an honor for me to be in somebody that's been in ministry and continue to go on. I said, that's nothing. But I'd wanted to do something. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Bill died. Had an aneurysm. It just, it's gone. I saw it and I was like, is this serious? I called his wife. Pastor Mike, you bear witness with me right now. I said, Pastor Mike, because anyone that dies at Ramah, we send $50 for sure, at minimum, 50 bucks to that place. I said, I got to do more for her. I said, you send her 250 this month and do it for the, for the rest of the year. And then get with me, and I'll determine, do we do more? Because they came here. They came after something. I talked to Pastor Bill on more than one occasion. And there's just something there that I'm like, I got to honor that woman now. I have to honor that. Because she is a widow indeed. Are you with me? Because of that, the last scripture is there, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. This is what we want to do, guys. This is what we want to do. It says, now in a large house, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It says, now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earth and ware, some to honor and some to dishonor. Verse 21, therefore, if anyone, so this is up to you, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So, do you want to be a vessel of honor? Then you begin to respond in honor. And it's not just telling your boss, people that maybe you'll be in class with, maybe uh, a relative that's not in the kingdom, somebody that's outside that, 
marks of respect, and you're given. A widow indeed, someone in authority, a wife, parents, an employer, and then your pastors. If you do these things, you'll make a, yourself a vessel of honor because you cleanse yourself from the unrighteousness. You put yourself where I'm going to follow God. I'm going to honor him. And before all those, you honor God first. Not just with your words, I love you. Thank you for saving me. But here's the tithe. Here's the offering. Here's the first fruit because it showed up. You know what? There's somebody out there that I just sense is poor that you, are, you, know, you want to give to the poor, which you're showing honor to someone. And then you give them a need as well. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Ghost couldn't help but flood a place that lived that kind of honor. Couldn't help but flood. In fact, it'd be the Holy Ghost saying, man, I can't wait till Sunday when Anchor Faith Church opens up. I'm ready to flood down there upon those people. My gosh, I'm in them, but man, I can't, man, I can't wait to bring a bigger power, bigger anointing because they, man, when they come to get, they honor. They honor. And that's what the scripture says honor is. Not Pastor Earl, but God. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When we say we honor you, we mean it. We don't mean it, we don't mean it just in words, but also in deeds. We do it in action.